Every summer, I look forward to Museum Week in the city. For 30 blocks up and down Fifth Avenue, New York institutions like the Met and the Guggenheim, the Museum of the City of New York, the Smithsonian Design Museum, the Jewish Museum, the Africa Center, and El Museo de Barrio all fling open their doors to welcome in the public, free of charge. And why wouldn't you go? It's a chance to see some absolutely breathtaking, beautiful works of art. What I didn't know is that if you're looking for an inspired and free museum experience, you don't have to wait for June to roll around. You can head over to York Avenue. Welcome to the Metro Focus podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Flanagan. What institution is showcasing outstanding, opulent, magnificent art? Well, it's not a museum, or at least not in the traditional sense, but it is another hollowed New York institution, Sotheby's. Most people don't know that it is open to the public, that our exhibitions of art are uh, A, free, and B, um, they are seasonal, so they come and go. Um, but um, uh, we, we love having members of the public come see the art. And interestingly, right before the things are put up for sale, very often Sotheby's is one of the greatest museums on the entire planet for several weeks in May and several weeks in November. Wait, I'm sorry, what, Sotheby's? Free? If you're anything like me, you probably never associated the auction house with words like free. And as a result, you never considered it to be a destination for art lovers who don't have $20 million on hand. Ted Smith is Sotheby's president and chief executive. Not only is Sotheby's welcoming and open to the public, again, for free, but he says the company is experimenting with new ways to attract new visitors. We love having people come in and see our art. Um, how do we give them a hook or a reason to come in and see us in a new and interesting light? Parallel to that, we had also spent a, um, the last year redoing our space. So we have beautiful new gallery spaces. And so the opportunity first to show people our new spaces, second to celebrate our 275th birthday, sort of as a thank you to the public, um, third to reinforce our roots, which are in England, um, struck us as a really great confluence of opportunity, and, um, and that's how it began. The new beginning Tad's referring to is Sotheby's first ever gallery exhibition of selected artwork belonging to an aristocratic British family called Cavendish. Now to nearly all Americans, that name probably doesn't ring any bells, and why would it? Well, let me briefly explain who they are. The Cavendish family was part of the British gentry dating back to the 14th century and working for King Richard II. Skip ahead a few generations, and in 1618, the infamous Tudor king, Henry VIII, elevated the family to the hereditary or peerage title of Earl. Skip ahead a few more generations, and thanks to support of the glorious revolution of 1688, King William of Orange, of William and Mary fame, elevated the family to Duke and Duchess of Devonshire a title the Cavendish family still holds today. So why is this one family's heirlooms being showcased at Sotheby's? Well, they have quite the collection. In 1553, Sir William Cavendish and his wife, Bess of Hardwick, acquired an estate in Derbyshire, virtually in the middle of England, and built a house there called Chatsworth. 
The house was then rebuilt and added on until the 126-room Baroque-style manor that stands today was completed towards the end of the 17th century. Over 16 generations of the Cavendish family has amassed a collection of contemporary art of their day. So now, 500 years later, the Devonshire collection is world-renowned as one of the most eclectic private collections of artwork around. Tad says giving New Yorkers a taste of Chatsworth House is both a privilege and an honor. For people who can't go three hours north into the English countryside, it was actually to bring those beautiful treasures over here and to see them. Um, not unlike museums, Chatsworth has a collection that far exceeds what is currently on display. Any sort of major museum in the art world here in New York or other places very often has a, a, a literally a treasure trove of things that far more than they have publicly available to view. So any sort of opportunity to give, uh, sort of bring in the public and show them things that otherwise might not be available to see, to me has a great public benefit and it does, it does, it's, it's good for the community. Since it's literally impossible to recreate Chatsworth House, its grounds, and of course, its entire collection in Sotheby's galleries, the 12th Duke of Devonshire, current master of the house, used modern technology and talent to bring the experience to life. Our home was built and decorated to impress, to inspire, and to entertain. And one consequence of this was that the house has always been open to visitors who have been welcomed ever since the house was built. Did I actually meet the 12th Duke of Devonshire? Well, no. But there are QR codes in each gallery, and through your cell phone and headphones, don't be rude, the Duke, through modern technology, can narrate the entire exhibition just for you. We hope you find these works of art and their many stories as exciting and intriguing as we do. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you our family's great interest in collecting and commissioning artworks and for supporting innovative and adventurous artists. Walking into the galleries, you're immediately reminded that while Chatsworth is a stately, lavish-looking structure, it's still a family home. A black-and-white sizzle reel of members of the Cavendish family and their guests relaxing, playing, and cavorting on the estate grounds is the very first thing you see. Walk inside and be prepared for some visual stimulation. Three gigantic screens play simultaneous scenes of Chatsworth interior, exterior, and surrounding gardens. The fourth wall is a digital gallery wall. My docent, Eva Waller, explains. This is actually a section of Chinese wallpaper, hand-painted Chinese wallpaper, uh, which covers the walls in the guest bedrooms in the house. It dates from the 18th century. Um, today, on the wall, as you can see it here, if you hold the iPads uh, just in front here, if you hold the iPads up to this wallpaper, a portrait of the family member appears. And then if you keep your iPad fixed on that portrait of the family member, you'll start to hear some commentary. You'll start to hear some audio. Uh, and it tells you all about that particular family member that you're looking for. As you would expect, Portraiture is an important part of the Devonshire collection, as each Duke and Duchess has sat to have their likeness captured. The family's commitment to contemporary art patronage means over the years each portrait was done by a significant and innovative artist of the time. As you can see, it's not very flattering, his style at all. 
That's not shade, that's actually the truth. In the 1950s, the 11th Duke and Duchess were painted by British painter Lucian Freud. His impasto painting style strips away the usual majesty of a Baroque style painting we might associate with an aristocratic portrait and leaves the viewer with something more emotional. So he was very careful not to, to name his paintings after the sitter. So the portrait of the Duchess here is called Woman in White Shirt. The portrait of the Duke just at the side there is called Portrait of a Man. He very particularly made a point of not naming the paintings after the sitter. He wanted you to get past that in a way. He wanted to look you to look past that title, that shiny, glossy image, that outer shell, if you like. He wanted you to get past that and look deeper. Word has it, no one liked these portraits and they were first completed and were often covered over at dinner parties. Eva says the 11th Duchess was in her 30s when she sat for her portrait with Freud and she didn't believe she actually looked like the woman in the painting until just before her death at age 94. Juxtapose that with the most modern portrait in the collection of Lady Laura Burlington, the 13th Duchess to be. It's a digital portrait by the Irish artist Michael Craig Martin, and it can't help but stand out from the entire Devonshire collection. Now this started out as a studio photograph. It was then turned into a drawing and then reduced to a minimum number of lines and then digitized, put onto this LCD screen, this panel that we're looking at here. Six colors were then added and then computer software, which is installed in this screen, that constantly changes the combinations of the colors. There are around 44 million different color combinations possible. To see them all, you would have to stand here for 10 years. So what you're looking at at the moment is unique to this point. The Devonshire collection is hardly just family portraits. They've also acquired works by Da Vinci and Rembrandt, not to mention 500 years of contemporary sculpture and furniture. This is fantastic. So this is by an Irish furniture uh, maker called Joseph Walsh. And the title of this little collection here is Enignum. In the second gallery, Eva points out three pieces of furniture so beautiful they almost look fragile. Two chairs in a loveseat carved from wood in twisting and sloping shapes that give each piece its own sense of movement. The seat of each one is upholstered because they're intended to be used. These chairs are so comfortable. I can't stress how comfortable they are. So they look, at, they look like instruments of torture, actually, when you look at the shape of them here. Um, but when you sit on them, it improves your posture. So it makes you sit absolutely upright. And the curve just coming into the back of the chair there, that pushes into your spine pushes your back forward so it's sort of pushing you upright if that makes sense. Super super comfortable. I absolutely love these chairs. Uh, back home at Chatsworth when I'm working, when the house is quiet, if there's no visitors coming through the house, I sit on these chairs because they're so comfortable. If somebody said to me you could have any one item from Chatsworth, you could take one thing home with you, it would be one of the Enignum chairs. Forget the diamond tiaras, the Enignum chair, that's what I would take home with me. Super, super comfortable. Form is an important part of Chatsworth House, from the landscaping of the gardens to the choice and position of sculptures that adorn it, like the eight-foot-tall bronze statue called Walking Madonna by Elizabeth Frink, also on display at Sotheby's. Chatsworth House and parts of its collection has also been immortalized in film. 
It was allegedly the inspiration for and stood in as the infamous Pemberley House in the 2005 adaptation of Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice, when Keira Knightley's Elizabeth Bennet is seen wistfully wandering around the sculpture room of Mr. Darcy's family home. She pauses a moment to admire a statue of a kneeling veiled woman. My docent Eva explains she and those statues are part of the Devonshire collection. This was commissioned by the Sixth Duke uh, by a sculptor called Raphael Monti. It's completed in 1847. It's a sculpture of a veiled Vestal Virgin. Veiled Vestal Virgins were priestesses at the Temple of Vesta in ancient Rome, and they guarded the flame in the temple. It, said, it was said if that flame ever went out, that Rome would fall. So what we're looking at here is one of the priestesses guarding the flame in the temple. It's a fantastic piece of work because if you look at her face, it looks like there's a veil covering her face. There's nothing there at all. It's an optical illusion. It's a trick of the eye. It's simply how the lines of marble are carved. It gives the illusion that there's a veil covering her face, but nothing there at all. It's a fantastic piece of work. While it's impossible to fully recreate the Chatsworth House experience within a New York art gallery setting, Sotheby's instead chose some theatrical aspects. My name is David Korins, and I am the creative director for the Chatsworth Experience at Sotheby's. David's quite the get. He's a Tony-nominated set designer for Hamilton and Dear Evan Hansen. To get inspired for the exhibition, he spent several days at Chatsworth House in Derbyshire, England, and he says he was awestruck by the grandeur he found in every corner of every single room. I got up very early one morning and kind of meditated in one of the rooms and just let the environment wash over me. And I had a light bulb moment. I thought instead of trying to recreate any certain section of the home or the experience of what it was like to be there, I sort of started zooming in on all the incredible details of the room that I was sitting in. My eye wandered across legs of tables and feet of chairs, corners of molding, how ceilings met walls, and I was really struck by just the incredible detail. Things that had been carved, handmade, sculpted over generations and generations and generations, and each one of those tiny details really told a story. And so my idea was to instead zoom in much closer to the architecture and the specific details of the home and blow those things up for the benefit of the visitor in New York City. As a result, every single gallery is punctuated with one of those blown-up details. So what we're looking at now, for example, uh, this big claw, big golden claw, it's actually the leg of a coronation throne that belonged to William IV, which we have on display in the house. Chatsworth House isn't only connected to America through its Sotheby's exhibition. It's also the home Kathleen Kennedy almost became the lady of. A tragic love story that is now part of history. Against her mother's wishes, the Irish Catholic Kennedy wed the Protestant William Cavendish in 1944. Billy, as she called him, would have become the 11th Duke of Devonshire had he not been shot and killed by a German sniper in World War II a mere four months after they wed. Because she had become an official Cavendish, when she died just a few years later in a plane crash, she was laid to rest on the estate's village of Enzor. Sotheby's exhibition includes letters of condolences written by John F. Kennedy's own hand. 
believe it or not. But even with 500 years of grandeur and a private collection of priceless works of art handed down from generation to generation, Chatsworth House needs money. My parents were only 30 years old when they inherited Chatsworth and all the liabilities that went with it. They had 80% capital tax to pay and a house in poor condition. Almost everyone they knew told them to abandon Chatsworth and allow it to be taken over by the government. But instead, they put all their considerable energy into clearing the debt and then rebuilding the tourism businesses centered on the house. The house was put into a family trust in 1981, and the current 12th Duke of Devonshire and his wife didn't move in until 2006. The Duke and Duchess in no way benefit financially from this trust. They actually rent the rooms that they live in in the house today. They pay market rate for the rooms that they rent, and that money goes into the Chatsworth House Trust, and that pays for the upkeep of the house today. So this is modern-day aristocracy, if you like. The Duke and Duchess today, together with the trustees, act as guardians for the house, keeping it up-to-date, relevant, for the benefit of the public, for the future generations to enjoy. So that's it. That's just a fraction of the collection from a fabled English manor house right here in New York City. Sotheby's will host the exhibition through September 18th, and after that, if you want to see any of the Devonshire collection, and I didn't even get into the jewelry that was also on display, you'd have to book a ticket, fly to London, and take a three-hour trip north to see Chatsworth House for yourself. Although, from the taste Sotheby's gives, my guess is that it's probably worth it. But if that's too much hassle, Sotheby's president would like to make you a very reasonable offer. And it's completely free and the air conditioning works beautifully, so please come. If you'd like to see just some of the amazing artwork on display at Sotheby's for the Chatsworth House exhibition, visit us at metrofocus.org podcast to see the pictures, slideshows, and links for more information. As always, I want to thank you for listening to the Metro Focus podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud, and please leave a comment or click a review star to help more people find us online. You can also stay up to date with the podcast and everything Metro Focus by following us on Facebook and Twitter. 